Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast is supported by patrons on Patreon. To find out more or to add your support for as little as a dollar a month, visit patreon.com slash manowaker. Welcome to Manowaker Studios Flash Fiction Podcast. I'm C.B. Drogi. This week, Kindness of His Enemy by Patrick S. Baker. Jerry's patrol leader stepped on a landmine, disappearing in a bright flash and a powerful shockwave. The force of the blast turned otherwise harmless stones into deadly projectiles. A rock about the size of a human fist smashed through Ahmed's faceplate and into his forehead. The blow killed him outright. Three rocks hit Jerry. One clipped his communications antenna neatly in half. The second one hit his only aerosol can of quickheel and sent it flying into the trees out of reach. The third stone, shaped like a spear point, slipped between the thigh and knee armor plates on Jerry's right leg. The projectile cut his lateral and medial collateral ligaments, destroyed his meniscus and articular cartilage, leaving intact only the posterior cruciate ligament connecting his femur to his tibia. Jerry didn't even have time to curse before the pain sent him deep into a dark well. When the seventeen-years-old soldier came to, the pain in his leg was a dull, sickening throb. He reached for his can of quickheel, but found the pouch torn and the can gone. He cried out in frustration. Jerry looked over at Ahmed, his best friend in the army, but Jerry's helmet heads-up display told him that his teammates were dead and gone. Pulling himself into a seated position nearly caused him to pass out again, but Jerry gritted his teeth and managed to stay conscious. He put his Mark 19 force rifle across his lap, then, slowly, clenching his jaw and breathing deeply with every move, he pushed himself backward, scooting with his legs out in front of him. Every action sent waves of horrible, nauseating, exquisite agony up his leg. After what seemed like hours and kilometers, his back found a tree trunk. He sighed in relief as he rested against it. Jerry examined his injury. His combat suit, sensing the breach of integrity and the blood loss, had tightened down to create a tourniquet and immobilize the area as much as possible. Thirty millimeters in any direction, and the projectile would have bounced off his armor. He silently cursed his bad luck but then thought of poor Ahmed. Jerry pushed the button on the left side of his combat helmet, trying to activate his communications. His HUD showed a baleful red light next to comms. He disconnected the power leads and gingerly slipped the helmet off his head, and for the first time with naked eyes, looked at the forest he and his mates had been fighting for these last few days. Green-leafed earth species mixed with blue-green native plants and yellow-leafed corvo varieties. Here and there, red, blue, or purple-flowering shrub was clearly visible under the double moonlight. While it was lovely to look at, it certainly didn't seem to be worth dying for. The youngster examined his helmet as best he could in the light cast by Celine and Kaguya. It didn't take an electronics expert to see the antenna was cut. He put the helmet back on, reconnected the power, and dialed up the vision enhancement. The woods now seemed brightly lit, but with the colors washed out. He checked his chronograph. 
Jerry knew protocol called for reports every hour from any three-man scouting units. When any patrol didn't report on time, a platoon would be sent to investigate. His chrono read that his patrol was long past time to call in, so all he had to do was wait until the quick-response platoon showed up. He leaned his head back and closed his eyes, exhausted. The combat suit's proximity alarm beeped Jerry awake. He checked his chrono again. Only ten minutes had passed. The two corvos padded quietly down the forest trail on their four feet. Vaguely centeroid, the corvos were about the size of small earth horses. Their four legs ended in camel-like split-toed feet covered by soft cloth boots. They had two double-elbowed arms with hands that had two middle fingers and two thumbs. The corvos had surprisingly human faces with distinct noses and mouths. Their cat-like eyes were on short stalks, plain metal pot helmets with cheek pieces covered most of their heads and faces. The species had blue hairless hides that darkened to purple as they grew older. The two Jerry spotted were soldiers. They wore camouflage suits that covered them from neck to ankles and changed patterns to blend with the surroundings. Each had a vest with lots of pouches and pockets, and each carried a force rifle, very much like Jerry's weapon. These two were young, almost earth-sky blue. The Corvos spotted Jerry and quickly turned their rifles on him. Jerry slowly put his hands up and then, for some unknown reason, removed his helmet, showing his bare face to the enemy. Then he slowly pointed to his injured knee. The larger of the two centeroids kept his rifle aimed at the human, while the other one slowly approached Jerry. Jerry was too tired and hurt to be scared. The approaching corvo turned its eye stalks to look at Jerry's wounded leg. The smaller corvo grabbed an aerosol spray of human quickheel out of a pocket, gingerly handed the can to Jerry, then hastily walked backward, rejoining its companion. The human soldier sprayed the chemical on his knee, the throbbing ache faded to nothing. The slow bleeding stopped as the quick heel covered Jerry's wound. Jerry looked at his enemy and nodded his thanks. The corvo dipped his eye stalks, perhaps in response. Then Jerry heard the distinct whine pop of human force rifles. The corvos turned and ran, the larger one following closely the smaller one, as they both fled the area. In a moment, ten human soldiers came quick-walking toward Jerry, he waved to show he was still alive and friendly. The squad sergeant gave the wounded man the once-over and ordered two of his men to carry him back to base, while two more recovered Ahmed's body. Come on, soldier. We'll get you home, the squad sergeant said as the two soldiers pulled Jerry up. This has been Kindness of His Enemy, written by Patrick S. Baker, and first appearing in 100 Voices, Volume 2. For more information about Manowaker Studios' other projects, including books and games, visit manowaker.com, which is also where you should go to learn more about the authors featured on this podcast or to get details about submitting a story. The Flash Fiction Podcast theme song is by Kevin McLeod. Manowaker Studios' director of Dice is Ben Baston. I'm CB Drogi. You can follow me on Twitter and Facebook at C-B-D-R-O-E-G-E. Thanks for listening.